0: i uh-huh. Here we are again, after another elimination, but this time, I think it'll be a far different tone. I'ma let y'all know right now, if you came to this video to hear me slander players and explode in a ball of rage, I suggest you click the dislike button and exit out right now, because that's not what you're getting. You know, my channel, when I first made that video, I had like 40 subscribers. Now I have over 3,000. My channel was never intended to be a rage space where I just reacted and went crazy for views. It was supposed to be a basketball, educating and analysis, and real hoop talk. But from a fan's perspective, with raw emotion and my true feelings as a fan. And what you got last year wasn't forced, it wasn't scripted, it was just how I felt about the season. So that's what you're going to get this season. And this season was a little different. So one thing I said, if you recall my video correctly, I said, if Steve Ballmer wants to see the franchise succeed, he will fire Glenn Rivers. He did exactly that. I also said that I don't know if we're going to be able to win a championship with Paul George. And I could be right about that still. But the way it looked this year, I could have been very wrong. And we re-signed him to fat money when I said I wanted him gone. Clearly, you can tell my tone has changed. But... I just didn't think that the smart decision was to re-sign somebody for that much money when they had had multiple playoff failures in a row, where they haven't really had a playoff where you could walk out of there and said, you know, Paul George had a great playoffs this year in a long time, and we gave him the bag. I was nervous about that. But I'll tell you what. I wanted to go in the season with optimism. I didn't want to be extremely negative, but I set my expectations low. As I said last year in my video, I stopped. You know, I cared but i didn't want to let it affect my mood i expected failure i expected the worst and all season long i expected a second round defeat because anything else if i put myself in a mental state where i think we're going to do something that's when i end up like last year crazy depressed angry at the world whatever from the first game of the season i noticed there was a change in the way we moved the ball in the way we moved without the ball it wasn't just high pick and roll all the time. We even had triangle sets for Kawhi and Paul, where people moved uh, without the ball, and not just watched and stood. While they stood, uh, watched as they stood there and isolated. And you know what's crazy is I said last year as well. When is it time for Paul George to relax and give Kawhi the ball? And Ty Lue. Actually gave Paul George the ball more gave Kawhi the ball more and kind of made them our point forwards essentially because we didn't have a true point guard and by giving Paul George the ball more it changed his confidence altogether and brought him back to glimpses of the Indiana Paul and I know he had that 2019 season but yeah, I don't know different expectations different level. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder were more of just like a playoff team. We are a real contender to go all the way. And I think that playing as a secondary to a Kawhi Leonard takes a different sort of sacrifice. And in the beginning of the season, before Paul went down with the bone edema toe injury, you could have made an argument he was playing the best of, of anybody on our, on our team, even better than Kawhi. He was flying. And I remember when that injury happened, and obviously this is when Ty Lue had already shown me that he's a different level of coach. You know, he's going to go zone from time to time. He's going to switch things up. He's going to actually make in-game adjustments. He's not going to wait two hours to call a timeout like a Phil Jackson wannabe. He's actually going to call a timeout. He's going to give guys like Terrence Mann some burn because Terrence Mann, who was a guy that I said last year in the summer, if you recall my glorified summer league recaps, should have been playing a little bit because he actually works hard and plays good defense. And for Glenn Rivers, who was apparently a defensive coach, did not prioritize that at all. The same guy that would put J.J. Reddick and Jamal Crawford out there in the playoffs and think that it would succeed. Yeah, okay. Ty Lue not only did all that that I just said, gave guys like Terrence a chance, he disciplined players. I remember the game we played Atlanta at the Staples Center. You can go check out my recap on it. We were dead in the water, down 20 points. We had been stringing on some bad results. You know, Paul George and Kawhi had been, you know, in and out of the lineup all year. And that's one thing I have to say, man, is this, the regular season was tough to watch. You know, from a from an unbiased basketball fan, not a Clipper fan, it was tough to watch. So much resting, so many injuries. You know, I used to, I stopped going to regular season basketball games for the Clippers or just any LA uh, basketball team because it's it was, you know, they don't try as hard. And that was seven years ago I said that. So now, fast forward to 2021, what does regular season basketball look like now? I used to not go because I said the stars and the players didn't try very hard every game. Well, now they're not even playing every game. So I'm going to just say that, that the product of the NBA is severely declining in my eyes. And I think the playoffs was great because it was such an antithesis of the regular season by seeing players try and seeing players play. And even then, we still had a ton of injuries. But let me go back to what I was saying about the Hawks game. We were in a string of, you know, Kawhi was battling injuries. Kawhi was, you know, load managing a bit. Not as much as last year. PG was being load managed. Everybody and their mothers were being load managed this year for every team. And we weren't stringing together like a winning streak, you know? it was. It's hard to build winning streaks when you have your star players missing every third game or so. And we were playing Atlanta. We're getting pieced down 20 points. Ty clears the bench, puts all the starters on the bench, and puts the bench in the game. The Brewmaster, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, you name it. And they completely turn the game around. And in my eyes, that really turned the morale of the season around. I saw that a coach like Ty was going to discipline players. He was going to throw Kawhi and Paul on the bench and say, if you're not working hard enough, you don't play. And that's what I want to see as a fan. Because all I want to see is I want the players to play hard. I want you to leave it out on the line and represent the uniform the way I care about it. And that's exactly what they did in that game. And all season, my only worry was this. Are we too low of a seed to really do something in these playoffs? And... Not playing Portland, I was very, very critical of that. When we sacrificed the last two games of the season, prioritizing health and not prioritizing seeding. And basically saying, you know what, Luka? We know that you're mad about the fact that we beat you last year, but we're going to just play you again. Fuck it. I was not happy about that at all. I thought it was complacency, and I thought it was a little bit of arrogance. And I thought that Ty Lue in those first two games showed a little bit of arrogance, and our whole team did. And they came out with the same type of stuff we saw in the bubble laziness not being prepared not prioritizing every possession like it's a real playoff game not having our best players guard their best player and you know what's crazy the one thing i'll say is this at least this year i got to go to the games no matter how much how the feelings i had about paul george and Kawhi all season i said it they weren't going to gain my love until they made it out of the second round but at least i'm going to support them through thick and thin though because they wear my uniform they wear our uniform I'm going to go to the games now this year and cheer my lungs out. I'm going to chant MVP for Kawhi every time he's at the line just to show appreciation, just to build the atmosphere. And that's what I live for. I told you, I stopped going regular season games. And in turn, my, sack, my exchange was, let's just go to all the playoff games. Save the money. And that's exactly what I did this season, like always. I went to every single game, as you guys saw on my channel. All the vlogs are up. Go check them out. And I tried my hardest, losing my voice every single game. And I remember I thought I was going to sit here in front of you guys and talk about a team that had just lost in the first round had just embarrassed themselves even harder than the bubble by losing to the Dallas Mavericks in round one. And for them to go into Dallas and win those two games showed a lot of heart that last year's team didn't have. Top to bottom, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, the coaching staff, Kawhi, Paul George, they didn't give up. They not only went into Dallas and won one game, they won two games. And mind you, the entire basketball world was writing us off, getting the jokes ready, lined up. We come back. We lose game five again. And then Kawhi delivered a performance for the ages that I'll never forget. Some real superstar level, all-world stuff. We get a game seven. I was there. It was awesome. It was great. Marcus Morris Sr. stepped up, Luke Kennard stepped up, and we sent the Mavs home. And then it was the second round, and I was nervous. We weren't being picked by many people. It was very 50-50 series in terms of predictions, but we were not favored in Vegas. We were not favored even with the injuries to Mike Conley. We were not favored. We go out there and lose the first two games, mainly because Kawhi and Paul weren't playing well enough, and again, we reverted to not guarding their best player with our best players. You know, the two all-league defenders we talked about, and I was very critical of them. They're not guarding the ball. And again, we respond with two wins in Utah showing real heart. Never-say-die attitude. Shout-out Reggie Jackson. Shout-out Nick Batum. All the role players. Zubats. But of course, you know, Serge Ibaka getting injured, that hurt. That hurt our playoff run. You know, that was our marquee offseason signing. And... We doesn't really feel like we had him, and then obviously, the, uh, you know, hearing Kawhi went down, that was really tough. It just felt as though the Clipper curse is gonna continue. It's just not meant to be. Man, I was I was sad. I was like, wow. I mean, I'm not sad actually, really, because I was like, you know, I expected to lose in this round. And what happened next, man, I can't even put it into words. Paul George took all the baggage. The most scrutinized player since LeBron 2011. Every regular season game he played well on Twitter, it was, well, let's see if he does in the playoffs. Let's see if he does in the playoffs. All year, the whole media was talking about the Clippers as pretenders. Oh, we ain't going to give them credit. We got to see what they do in the playoffs. Kendrick Perkins said that we did nothing in the offseason to help our team, like to improve our roster. Kendrick Perkins, this was after we hired Ty This was after we hired Ibaka. He said nothing. He's just one talking head and, uh, that represents the whole many of them that were not giving us any credit. They weren't even giving us the chance to prove that maybe we had changed. Paul George goes and scores 38 points in a hostile Utah without his co-star and leads us to a win. Can't even believe it. Setting the stage for the greatest night in Clipper history. I was there. The video's up. Seeing the barrage. 25 points down. We think we're going back to Utah. I don't know if we can beat him in two games without Kawhi. Maybe that game five was just a lucky game. It wasn't. Threes galore. The crowd pushing it every game. First game with a full house. And Paul George was making all the big shots when we needed him in the fourth. Didn't feel real. felt like I was dreaming. We made it out of the second round. We finally broke the curse. And it was Paul George that led us to that, not Kawhi. And yeah, Paul George wasn't perfect in the conference finals. He deserves a lot of blame. He deserves a good amount of blame for us losing. He missed free throws in games four and two. That killed us. Um, you know, I think we had inconsistent performances the whole way in that series by certain guys. But overall, the Suns played better than us. And I'm not going to use the injury excuse. We were injured. If we had Kawhi, do I think we would have won? Yes. But I'm not the only team that can say that. The Lakers can say the same thing. The Nets can say the same thing. Factor of the matter is, the Phoenix Suns won the battle of health, and that's why they're there. And to Chris Paul, he met one good game. And I love Chris Paul. Y'all know that. He had one good game. He didn't scare me at all. He didn't annoy me at all. If anything, he annoyed me with his ridiculous tactics and antics. No wonder everybody hated him when he was at the Clippers because he's a flopper. But I love Chris, and I, hope, I wish him the best in this finals because he changed my life as a fan. But, you know, we lose 4 2. We could have won the series. I'm not going to say it was just because of the injury. We had our chances. But if you want me to turn around and slander the team for losing in the conference finals, I can't do that. Because we weren't supposed to win that series. We weren't even supposed to win the Utah series when Kawhi went down. If Kawhi was playing and we lost, fair. And here's the thing. Here's how I feel about Kawhi. He won me over because of that Dallas performance. But man, I really like Paul George more. Paul George, man. You know, he's a real, like, I know Kawhi. That's his persona. He's very stoic, and he doesn't like to show emotion, and that's not how he is. And I relate more to a Paul George, who, like, you know, hard on his sleeve, reps Clippers wherever he goes. He truly wants to be here. He truly loves being here. And, you know, he hears the slander, and now I see some people praising him, and he's still hearing slander. But ultimately, Paul George has put himself in the conversation of greatest Clipper ever after that. And here's the thing. I know what everyone's going to do. Clown us. Oh, look at you Clipper fans celebrating the conference finals appearance like you made it to the championship and won. Here's what you guys don't understand. You're the same people that when we win a championship are going to say oh, that's only one ring You're the same people that clowned us so hard memes on deck after we lost in the second round every year I had to witness those every year of my life going to school. Oh Conference finals virgin Clippers will never touch a conference finals Why don't you make it out of the second round that stupid Lion King meme son? What's the conference finals? I don't know we're Clipper fans. I saw all those bullshit I had to witness all those for years, but what y'all don't understand is is you haven't been here for the journey. You haven't supported a team with a racist slumlord owner who wouldn't pay his players because he's a cheapskate racist. And, you know, I'm telling you this right now. Have you watched the movie, Joanna Man? In the movie, they say, even the Clippers won't take you. Loving basketball. Oh, my dad plays for the Clippers. The last time they were good, Dr. J was still a nurse. These are the type of ways we used to be ridiculed to a point of like I said it we're the we're the Cleveland Browns of basketball don't think just because we got Steve Ballmer now that changes the past look what we came from we came from the gutter the worst american franchise in history god damn it there's a book on amazon about us being cursed you weren't there when we, when we had Donald Sterling you weren't there when Raja Bell hit that three in the corner over Daniel Ewing in 06 and Sam Cassell got the 8 second violation and we lost in the second round, you weren't there when we lost to Memphis after winning 56 games and having our best season in franchise history and losing in the first round, you weren't there when Chris Paul choked in game 5 against the Thunder, you weren't there when we lost the 3-1 lead to the fucking Rockets and every time I heard Josh Smith and Corey Brewer's name, I would feel pain in my chest, you were not there when we got injured two years in a row with Chris Paul in 2016 and then Blake in 2017. You were not there when we lost the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets in the bubble and got ridiculed a hundred times worse because of everything I just said. So don't tell me not to be happy. Don't tell me not to be content. Because I'm not content. I still want our team to win a championship. It will never feel the same unless we win a championship. But goddammit, don't tell any Clipper fans not to be satisfied. Don't tell any Clipper fans to look at this season and not be happy with it. Because different teams and different fan bases have different expectations. If you're a Laker fan, yes, it's championship bust almost every year. That's the expectation. But if I wanted to support a team that always won, I would have been a Laker fan. I could have been a Laker fan. I could go to a bar and put on my Eddie Jones jersey right now and go rep the Lakers and pose as a Laker fan tomorrow. But I don't want to because that is not the decision I made. And if you're wondering why I'm a Clipper fan, it's on my channel. Go watch the video. Every team has different expectations. My team was the worst franchise in basketball history. Sorry, New Orleans. Sorry, Charlotte. And sorry, Minnesota. Move over because we're not. And Memphis. Sorry, guys. But we're not the worst franchise anymore. We're like 26th. And guess what? We're moving up. And guess what? My point still stands. The day we win the championship will be one of the greatest days will probably want to be one of the greatest days of my life. I mean, I think that second round game that I was at, that game six was the second greatest day of my life. My first is personal. But it really was one of the greatest days of my life. To be there with all the Clipper fans, everything I had experienced and dreamt of as a kid. I didn't even think about winning the championship because I was just like, let's get out of the second round first and then we can start focusing on that. So I guess now the only way up is to go to the finals. But man, I'll never forget that as long as I live because it meant so much to us. 51 years. We finally made it out of the second round. And... That's not the end goal, but I'll never forget it as long as I live. And I know a lot of Clipper fans feel the same way. Paul George, man, I'm so sorry for the comments I made last year. I regret it. You killed it this year. That doesn't mean you didn't screw up last year. You killed it this year. You're a hero in my eyes and Clipper fans' eyes. I can't wait to keep supporting you. You got a fan for life. Terrence Mann for that 38-point performance. You're a legend, bro. And I already knew about Terrence Mann. My homies are from Massachusetts. I know he's low-raised. Terrence, man, you're a legend. Batum, senior, Reggie Jackson. I was chanting your name as you walked off the court. I have so much appreciation for the best, my favorite Clipper team of all time, the 2021 Clippers. And Ty Lue, Dan Craig, Kenny Atkinson, the whole coaching staff, Lawrence Frank, Michael Winger, Steve Ballmer. You gave us the best team in Clipper history. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And to all the Dime Dropper fans and all the people that have followed me along this season, thanks so much for joining the experience with me. Thank you so much for supporting my content. And you know what? The Clippers may not have been the ultimate winners this season, but I've been going to games for 16 years and over 10 people came up to me at the games in the playoffs and recognized me and came up and said, "Yo, dime dropper. I'm a fan. I appreciate what you do. And I can't even put it into words, but I can't feel like a loser after that. There are no words for that. Because this is my dream. I love my team. Love my team. And you guys can tell. I love the sport of basketball with all my heart and soul. Basketball is part of me. I am part of basketball. Okay, that was a stretch. But this is my everything. I wouldn't be so passionate about it. You wouldn't see the look in my eyes if I didn't want it so bad. And what I mean by it is success, a Clipper championship, but ultimately for my my brand to succeed and and to to resonate with people. And a lot of people like my videos because I – Tr- say it how it is I speak the true Emotions of a fan And I'm so appreciative Of this 2021 Clipper team man I appreciate you guys For the whole season man This is it for me this year Now we're gonna do Basketball history content For the rest of the summer Enjoy the offseason. Enjoy your summer Clipper fans We will be fucking back You know we'll be back The curse has been broken And now the floodgates Shall open NBA finals next year Let's go Woo Woo